0: So welcome to another fabulous episode of Tickle Dot Life's podcast, and I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette, and uh, we're going to go on another wonderful adventure. You never know what stories we're going to hear and what we're going to talk about. So as always, I let my guests introduce themselves so that I don't mispronounce their name. So wonderful guests, introduce yourself to our audience (laughs)
1: Hi, Gaia. Uh, My name is Elaine Sefir and I'm the co-founder of an app called Euphoria and I'm calling in from New York. Nice. And
0: at the end of the show, we'll learn all about this app and why it's so awesome. All right. So I would start with get, get the guests, loosen up a little bit.
1: So do you sleep
0: naked or with pajamas on?
1: Um, it varies, sometimes naked, sometimes pajamas, uh, sometimes shamefully, whatever clothes I like slightly drunkenly stumbled in the home from my face with, you know, I'm just trying to be honest, it happens. Um, okay, why do you choose, when, the, when you choose to sleep naked, tell me why. Um, It feels great. It does. Um, I'm really particular about my sheets. This is one of my big areas of interest. It's like how to set up your bedroom for like maximum replenishment and enjoyment. And it's so nice to just like feel your body with the nicest sheets. Um, I really enjoy that feeling. So if the weather permits, if there's, you know, if my cat isn't right next to me, like then it's, it's nice to spread out and feel it. Nice. All right. Are you a commando or a panty wearer? Panty wearer.
0: Your panty wearer. All right. So what story are you going to tell us?
1: Um, I can tell you the story um, about my very first boyfriend, um, who I still think very fondly of, even though it was years and years and years ago. Um, I'm 38. um, And this was uh, so more than 20 years ago. I might have been 14 uh, or 15 when we met. And what's really interesting about that story is this was happening in the early mid 90s. And the Internet was just becoming a thing Um, like the Internet and and online dating and stuff like that is something that is such a huge part of our culture now. But for me at the time, this was not that was anything that was even in anyone's vocabulary, like people were just starting to sign online, I had um an AOL, uh so you know C D that I don't know if you all old enough remember getting that in the mail with the magazine was so fun. And then you know that crazy modem noise that you heard signing on the bee-bee. Yeah 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 <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, And uh, what I I loved about the internet at the time was, uh, so if you can't tell by my accent, uh, I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born in New York. I was born in Kiev, in Ukraine, which is in Europe. Uh, Some people ask where that is. It's the largest country in Europe, fun fact. And um, I moved here when I was uh, 12, 13 um, years old. And so I was like a little bit, you know, half baked there and then started growing up here in America. And the internet was like the best thing that ever happened to me because I felt a little bit like an outsider. And then suddenly I was able to get online and find all these amazing people who like the same random things that I did and nobody could hear my accent more importantly. So the first question that I was asked on the internet wasn't like, oh, hey, so where are you from? No, where are you really from? Uh, The first question was like, wait, you're into this book too? Oh, you're into, into this stuff? And so that's where I started actually making like my first real big connections um, since I moved here. And it coincided of course, with like coming of age and hitting Mm -hmm. puberty. And so it was just an all around exciting explosive time. (laughs) I love it. And yeah, back then I remember,
0: you know, having these like, you know, there was chat rooms and there, you know, like there was so many things of like the internet that doesn't, I mean, now you and I are meeting online for this interview in you're in New York I'm in Canada you know like the the world of uh technology is drastically changed but back then it was like it's like everything was like bigger and clunkier and slower and you know like you know if you know, now, if it's not open in three seconds, we're like, it's taking too long. <laughs> like
1: that, a page to load could take like five minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something like this idea of like real-time video chatting was the stuff of sci-fi at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd made some friends on the internet and you didn't, nobody used their real names. It's not like with Facebook now, it was like your random AOL screen name. Mine was a combination of like consonants that cannot be pronounced because it was like based on some random fantasy novel I'd read at the time, you know, I was like 14. I didn't know any better. Um, and so what, you know, all my friends, you really could be anyone on the internet. Nobody had actual profile photos. And eventually when you did like start ha- get off the chat room and actually start having one on one instant message conversations, um, it was, you know, like a really dramatic point where it was like oh. Are, are we going to send each other somehow photos of ourselves so we can actually see who this person is? Wait, how old are you actually? Are you a man or a woman? Are you non-binary? What are you? Um, are you? Are we going to like exchange our phone numbers and talk on the phone and hear each other's voice? It was just such a big deal. It's something that like we don't think about today at all. And I remember like uh, at the time sending my own photo and knowing that it was going to take like one line of pixels at a time about 10 minutes on this low modem dial up connection for it to download like <clears throat> sitting on the edge of my seat being like is he gonna like me why am i and also why am i nervous why do i care why some boy likes me and it's like oh god i think i care if that some boy likes me <laughs> so let's talk about that boy so what was it about this particular boy Um, Well, it was interesting, right? Because again, when we met, I didn't even know it was a boy. I didn't know it was anything. It was just somebody who I had like made the connection with on the internet over like a shared fantasy novel experience as you do at the time. And um, suddenly the conversations that we started having were just uh, becoming what in retrospect I can only say are like intimate. uh, We started talking about ourselves, our families like what we were really feeling and experiencing and loving about life and um, It was, it was really shocking to me too, because what i had found out is I was living in New York at the time, he was living in Des Moines, Iowa, that I had to look up on the internet and this is pre-Google. So I had to like, I don't know, maybe open up my encyclopedia in Carter CD probably and like look up where that even is. Found out it was thousands of miles away and Iowa's cornfields. And I, then I had many questions like, what is living in a cornfield like? Are you in a hut? Do you have shelter? <laughs> um, all the you know usual things, uh, but yeah, suddenly I found myself like thinking about wait, what what is what is this guy thinking? What what is he doing right now? Am I doing? And uh, only in retrospect, I was like, okay, that was kind of my I guess my sexual awakening at the time, um, and with no resources whatsoever either. Because I don't know if like people relate to this, but growing up in an immigrant family, we did not talk about sex. Like we didn't get the sit down birds and bees talk at all. I think when I was maybe like twelve my mom like opened the door to my bedroom and like grenade style, like threw a book in there and I like, quickly shut it. And I was like, if you have any questions, maybe ask a teacher. And the book had like some basic information in it. And I was like, wait, I I, I do have a lot of questions. And she was like, too bad, running away. <laughs> so, okay.
0: So you, you, how did the transition go from like, you're just Friends on the internet, you're just talking on the internet to moving into this more of a romantic, intimate. You, you know,
1: you're kind of like all of a sudden. And and when did you find out he was a boy? Um, I think it, it probably came up like a, a little bit into into talking to each other. Um, and what was what was interesting is it didn't register with me at first, like, oh, it's a boy, right? It's just, uh, it's like, okay, it's a boy, like, who cares? I'm talking to lots of people on the internet. I should also point out that at the time, I think most of the people on the internet were boys. Um, so it was like, oh, guys like gadgets and whatever. And so they were the first ones to try the internet things. Um, but What was, I think, also fascinating, he was, I think, at the time, it was so scandalous, he was, like, a year older than me, which felt like he was all of the adult at the age of 16, which I was not. Um, And I think, at some point, um, as we started spending more and more time together talking, we found ourselves, like, sneaking away and, like, uh fighting for the modem time because you gotta also remember nobody could just get on the internet you had one phone line in the house and your parents were using it for actual phone calls they needed to make or people needed to call them and you had to be like hey no can i use the phone line to get on the internet to talk to. And I think I maybe mean, my parents even picked it up uh, on it more before I did. They were like, who is this boy? Wait, and why are you spending so much time talking to him? Um, so then I asked that same question of myself. And then as we started chatting, suddenly the conversations got so um so lovely and intimate. They um they started transitioning to I'm thinking about you. I'm I I was thinking about it last night, I had a dream about you, you did this in my dream. Um, And like, I started feeling all the things physically that I just never felt before in response to that. I felt myself flush. I felt like my palms get a little sweaty. I find myself sitting on this chat and twirling my hair, which is, you know, (laughs) like what what I've been doing, what signal am I sending? You can't see me. Yeah. So Um, a question, okay. At this point, had you seen the picture of him yet? No, I haven't, and that was the thing. And so the moment that I finally did, I, I got a picture of him that was another like whole new body sensation of like, oh my God, I'm actually, I'm seeing a picture of someone and I am so, in the, in the weird way, like kind of turned on by this photo. Like he's he's attractive, he's interesting. He doesn't look like anyone I've ever seen before because he's got this like Midwestern, you know, Iowan uh, farmer, he's not a farmer. He's sort of a nice middle-class family. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's sort of, I think when the pictures were exchanged, that was sort of our first step into Okay, I, I think we're we're about to start calling ourselves boyfriend and girlfriend because this mm-hmm. is like now becoming a thing, and it was um it was so interesting at the time because like long distance relationships I don't know like my only experience was that was what so back in the 1600s poets used to write like letters to each other or something from I don't know one state to the other because they couldn't see but th- this wasn't that kind of a situation like we. We could potentially somehow maybe figure out how to see each other in person. Um, And so we started talking on the phone. And to the great shock of both of our families, basically ended up at, I'm like 14 or 15 at the time, he's 16, organized a way to go see each other. um, And actually. So, how long? So, how
0: long? were you engaged in interacting online before you moved to the phone, before you moved to, I, I kind of want to give a, I, you know, because again, it's a different culture then, than we have now, everything's so instant, right? So how long were you, and, okay, yeah, so how long were, give me, give us the time frame.
1: Um I'm gonna approximate, because obviously this is a little while ago, uh, yeah. but, Um, I think probably just chatting before even knowing what we looked like. like a couple of months, a couple of months of like literally spending all the time just texting with this person and not texting on the phone. There was no texting on the phone. Nobody no. had cell phones. It was, I mean, instant messaging on the computer for the one hour a day you were allowed to go on and like sneaking in at night as your parents are asleep to steal the phone line and being like, oh my God, quiet modem, stop making the sound wake up the household. Cause I'm trying to like be real sneaky here. Um <laughs> and then probably another uh, months before we graduated talking on the phone, um, and then that became a thing, which at the time cost money. Oh yes, yeah. so it. much it was expensive. Money. First time my parents saw the bill that was also a really big deal. Um and then um after that we were probably we started calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend a couple of months into the phone conversations like the the L word was exchanged whatever that meant at the time because we've never even seen each other. Yeah. Um but what was interesting is like that intimacy that we build by by the communications it, it has really uh, like grad, you know, uh, catapulted our relationship into something more serious than I think I've been able to have personally, like sometimes going on multiple in-person dates now as an adult, because you kind of focus on the physical right away um, and you don't get that sense of, okay, but like, I'm really getting to know your hopes and dreams and what you're like in your off hours, because we speak at these random times of day and you're just telling me your whole life. Um, and I have to say, I kind of like almost miss that now. I miss that like long buildup of the relationship that you can really get to know a person before the physical comes into it. Uh, but then, of course, the physical was something that we were super interested in, both of us. We never said it too, which was like fun at the time. Like, we never talked about, okay, I can't wait to kiss you or whatnot. But I think it was very much implied in both of our minds. Like, there's a reason we want to see each other and meet in person. Okay. So, um, so you, yeah. you get, so how, how do you meet? Okay, so um, this is really crazy. Um, I had somehow, through my insane powers of persuasion, convinced my parents to let me, I'm pretty sure a 15 year old at the time, get on the plane to go to Des Moines, Iowa and meet my friend from the internet who nobody has ever met and, you know, could po- says he's a. 16-year-old boy, because I saw this one pixelated picture or a couple of pixelated pictures of him. And yet you can hear his voice on the phone, but who knows? Who knows who he is? Um, but you know, we had this intimacy, we had this great feeling. Um, and I I did. I, you know, I saved up all my money. My parents were not paying for that. And I got on the plane and I went to visit him and I like I stayed over as his friend from the internet from New York um, with his family for like, um, I forget how long it was. It was maybe uh, like a long weekend or like a little bit under a week in the summer.
0: And so what were your feelings of getting on that plane? And and, and, and you were like flying there. What were you like? What, what was happening? What were your thoughts? What
1: were your feelings? What was happening sensation wise in your body? Well, funny enough, in retrospect, not at all thinking like, oh, I'm going to get murdered or like (laughs) anything that's going to happen. Like not for a second was I considering that. I I think a lot of it was probably my first like dating related instance of uh, insecurity. Like, oh, he's not going to like me. He's going to meet me. He's going to see who is this like brown haired, weird Ukrainian girl who like is... Foreign to this country and doesn't know anything, and and also like living in New York, like my experience so far I had been living in a, a melting pot of immigrants. I when I got there too, like I could tell right away, I was the only foreigner person they'd see in like in in quite a while, if ever. Um, so there's a lot of like culture shock, and at the same time of course, from the moment I saw him, um, and I don't want to speak for him, although it was probably true for him as well, but for me, I was in love. I mean, I saw him, he was tall, he was like six foot four, uh, probably forever in my mind, cemented the idea of like what a boyfriend is or or, or looks like, Um, was, you know, like wonderful and, you know, had like big broad shoulders. Um, I, I, for the first time, I realized like something physique matters, things things that just didn't like even occur to me before. Um, And we fell into this like, really cute uh, you know teenage like mating dance of okay wait do we do we just like hold each other's hand do we do we secretly touch do we secretly brush our elbows past each other as, as we're in the car going somewhere like what's happening and then in a sense it like completely escalated the physical side of the relationship too because we only had like that little time to spend with each other before we we're mm-hmm. about to be again like thousands of miles apart. And so what happens? that visit. <laughs> um, so um, we we did not, uh, you know, officially consummate our relationship, but we got pretty close. Um, and there was a lot of, I had my first kiss. Um, the kiss was followed by, you know, my first makeout session. Um, we ended up hanging out in this bedroom a lot and kind of just, you know, exploring each other's bodies, which was Awesome and amazing and so different from anything I'd ever experienced before. Um, and I also I think at the mo- moment I like really learned the joy of just being next to somebody physically, um, and how central that could be, even if you aren't going all the way. And I think to this day, I still like retain this uh huge fondness for just like the feeling of like caress, just the feeling of like touching each other and how amazing that could be, just the feeling of like snuggling up to somebody, um, and how amazing and intimate that could be and I think also the other thing that was interesting in retrospect is both of us had built up this feeling of anticipation for months before we were able to see each other and I don't know if you ever had this experience but anticipation can actually be um like intoxicating right because you almost you don't like when you finally do the thing that you've been building up to then it's like okay well that's done cool but that feeling uh, is so lovely you almost don't lose you want to like prolong that for as long as you can does that make sense yeah, and then there's also that piece around
0: like there's the expectation and the anticipation and the and the you know what's going to be like and and the butterflies and the tingles and the 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 the, the possibilities of the fantasies and the, all this stuff on one hand is intoxicating, but also on the other hand can be incredibly. Uh, a letdown too so it's like this kind of like this double-edged sword around around that you know because it'd be like oh this is what i've worked up to believe and then it doesn't happen the way you want it to so you know i'm i'm a firm believer that it can go either way
1: <laughs> always and it's actually part of the fun isn't it it's the will yeah. they or won't they and right. then it's like- exactly is there is, are you actually disappointed at the end of it um and you know of course like that that's the high you almost end up uh chasing your whole life too it's that like the, the drama of it the romance all the feelings that it sparks in you um in a sense probably like you know your um uh, i don't know like your your insecurities too about how well, I also don't want to be a letdown for somebody because, mind you, of course, I'm like, you know, I don't know what's the step before Virgin. Like, I knew nothing. I, <laughs> I, knew, I had zero experience, like, even kissing anybody before. So to me, this was literally a brave new world of being in America, literally a brave new world of sexuality, thinking of myself as a woman and of somebody else as, like, a potential sexual partner. And then actually, like, figuring out what the motions and the physical interplay actually had to be like. And I think so many people I like grew up without that, uh, I'm, I know I certainly did, probably a lot of people in my generation did. So was
0: this your first, then your first boyfriend? Was this completely your first boyfriend?
1: My very, very first, first, my first internet boyfriend. I actually had a series of a couple more internet boyfriends that I've had since then, but the first and obviously like the fondest that I was thinking of. But yeah, my my very first, all the things. Nice. and. How
0: does your family and your friends start to deal with this? So what's going on in the background <laughs> around like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's happening?
1: Right. And I, I think that was so interesting as well. Uh, my parents had no idea what, what to do with this. And I can only thank the fact that we were like new in this country and they were so desperately working on like learning English, getting their first jobs, figuring out how they're gonna like make a living that I was even able to get away with this because I feel like it'd been a couple of years later and they were a little more established. No way were they going to let me, like they just did not have the mental space to deal with that kind of crazy that their teenage, almost teenage daughter was doing. Um, I think also coming from like a communist country, we uh, we like more instinctively trusted strangers uh, as opposed to having come to live in America. And now of course I've like, heard every true uh, crime podcast, watched every, you know, (laughs) murder, and then 17 bodies were found, you know, TV show, obviously. But at the time, like, that's not how I grew up. I grew up with all my neighbors, you know, being intimately aware of like everybody's lives. The communism was a thing. Communism was like all your neighbors. Meanwhile, you're all part of the same social state. And so I think that's also why they allowed me to do this. My friends in America, the few friends I had at the time were definitely like, okay, you're, this is, crazy, like maybe goodbye forever. It's been nice knowing you. Like we're gonna bring flowers and leave them at your, you know, old uh PC, you know, to make a little makeshift memorial to the first America Online victim. Like um, but I, I think in retrospect that, you know, it turned out to be awesome. Like he ended up coming to visit me in New York a couple of times. We'd seen each other a few more times through the years. Eventually, like really, the relationship kind of fizzled, but we, uh, we remained friends. I was friends with a couple of his friends as well that I'd met when I was in Iowa. Um, and it was, it turned into like this really beautiful, sweet memory, I think, for both of us. Nice. Nice. So what's, so when
0: your friends were saying all of these things, what were you, how were you interpreting? Were you like, oh, you just don't know? Or was it it like, oh, maybe there might be some truth behind that? Like what was going on with those external um, pieces of information?
1: It's interesting. And I actually, I have to say I was so blinded by what I will call like my first love at the time, I think all of it was just kind of washing over me. I was at this point, I had like my singular mission and the mission is I have to follow these feelings. And these feelings are like something I've never felt before. It's maybe only something I'd read about in books. Um, I not like all the you know <laughs> all the romantic songs now sound great they all make sense now suddenly I understand what poetry is about like wait Romeo and Julia died for each other I get it. Um, all of a sudden, like that I just had this like singular mission and I don't know was it hormones was it was it the idea of love was it um, just an adventure, also just a feeling of adventure as a kid, like you you want to go on like a quest. And it was a quest. It was the quest to find my true love and, you know, rescue him from, you know, the confines of I don't know, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> the cornfield. Save him from the cornfield. <laughs> right. And of course I, I saw the cornfields and I'm like, this is great. This is better than New York. I kinda like it here. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Is there
0: any part of the, the journey that was scary or had any kind of a negative effect on you through the process? And like talking about now, has anything, has there been any residual sort of, you know, um, stuff attached to that?
1: Well, I always wonder like how your experiences, your your first experience with something really shapes you. And I think about that from like, just from my own experience a lot. Um, I've, you know, I've had quite a dating life since then. This is like 20 years ago. I, I always really wonder if you know you always end up like with a drug you always end up chasing that first high um and for me because i had such an unusual different first relationship it wasn't just like i don't know some boy you pass by in the hallway and you go on a few dates you don't like each other that's it it's over you have closure um i had such an unusual first relationship that that had such a huge buildup, as we were talking about and then it almost like it was almost anticlimactic how it ended up fizzling because of the circumstances, like he was gonna stay in Iowa and go to college there. And I was gonna have to finish high school here in New York. And like, it was just not gonna practically happen. Um, So it kind of fizzled away and the disappointment of that, but also um, like all the future relationships I've had since then because they didn't have this dramatic romantic like storybook quest where you actually had to go and like get somewhere far away to a strange faraway land to see each other. Um, I, I wonder to this day if that's like something I'm missing a little bit in my life and why sometimes I find like relationships that follow like a predictable normal path, normal, what's normal anyway, yeah. <laughs> a normal path, yeah. a little bit boring. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. And what would you, if there's one information or piece of information that you wish you could have told your younger self?
1: Oh, so many. I mean, I, I at this point, I would love to write a book to my younger self. It will have volumes. It's going to have a table of contents, you know, about <laughs> a book long. Uh, my young self did not know anything. Um, but if I had to give myself one advice, um, it's to be a little bit less insecure. I spent so much of my um, like my teenage years and my twenties being so self-conscious about my accent, about um, how I looked. Um, I look a little bit exotic by you know um, by American standards. Um, by um, like having weird interests, liking sci-fi, liking fantasy, um, this idea of like the dream gig girl or whatever wasn't really prevalent in pop culture yet. So I definitely felt like an outsider. Um, And I think I would have had so many more friends. I would have had so many more um, opportunities for like connections with people if I wasn't so completely focused on the fact that I was different. Um, And I I think it would have saved me a lot of grief (laughs) back in the day. Well, that's beautiful. That would be a beautiful thing to tell yourself.
0: (laughs) That's chapter one. That's chapter one. Um, Okay. So how, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for, you know, taking us, the audience on this journey with you of the roller coaster ride that was your first boyfriend. Um, So how can people learn more about your app, spend more time with you,
1: you know, tell us, tell us. (laughs) Uh, So many ways, well, as like one of the original people on the internet since the early 90s, I of course have a huge internet presence and I work in tech, I make apps and I make websites. And my latest project is an app called Euphoria, which is a sexual wellness and discovery app where you can play interactive online chat games. Uh, Now that I'm thinking about it, probably in some sense inspired a little bit, but my very first experience, (laughs) like learning how to come to terms with my sexuality through like a chat based Interface, But it's really for people of all ages. Uh, we have people from uh, very young to very old in the 80s and 90s using the app now. Um, it's called Euphoria. Uh, and um, it's also got um, a lot of really interesting uh, content on the entertainment and educational side. So we have a sex therapist on staff uh, who enters a Q&A advice column about sexual wellness. We have amazing writers, amazing art being featured, erotica art on the app. Um, and besides that, I am a huge Instagram addict. I have no shame about this. Uh, please follow me <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, you will see me post about all sorts of random things about my life and my uh, nature photography, which is a hobby. And my Instagram handle is Elaine with three Ys. Nice, all right. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you
0: guys, it. such a pleasure speaking with you. It was wonderful. All right, audience, you know the drill, go visit Tickle Dot Life podcasts and all of the platforms. See all the other wonderful interviews and episodes. Uh, don't forget to visit tickle.life um for all of your sexual we- sexual wellness needs and education. And uh, have a juicy day. May it be filled with pleasure and orgasmic
1: bliss. <laughs> Bye-bye.